I'll give that a two. I said, God is good. And guess what, folks? He is good all the time. Not a time in your life when God is not good. Love on someone today. Let them know that you're glad to see them, however you're comfortable loving on them. But just be friendly today. Thank you, music department. Praise God. Thank you all for coming out today physically in the building. I want to welcome our online viewing audience on today. Thank you for joining us. The best way to follow along. Of course, you can follow on on that church online platform. Also, the Version Bible app. All of the notes are, are right there. But like uh, every other Sunday, we always give you more than what's in the notes. And so I ask that you would listen to the Holy Spirit and write down the things that he's telling you in addition to what I'm actually saying, because he'll always tell you more about your life than what I'm actually saying out of my mouth about your life. Last week, we started a, a new series entitled Fueled and Aflame. This week, we'll look at part two of that, and we define the word fueled this way. Combustible matter used to maintain fire as coal, wood, oil, or gas in order to create heat or power. Something that sustains or encourages. It is a stimulant. Another way to say it in today's vernacular, it is your why. It is the reason why you do what you do. A flame is on fire. It means ablaze, eager, and excited. So we need some kind of combustible matter used uh, that will maintain the fire uh, in our lives. We need something to keep us going. Is that correct? How many of you know it's important to God that you never lose your excitement about him? You never lose your zeal concerning him. You never lose your fire as it relates to God. So much so in the book of Revelations, God said, I'd rather that you were either hot or lukewarm. Or which one is it? Yeah, hot or cold. There you go. So he said, be one or the other, right? Either be hot or cold. So in other words, either be in church or stay out of the church. I need a little better amen in that. So in other words, he's saying, if you're going to be in church, then be on fire for me. And if you're not, then don't come to church. He said, because if you're lukewarm, what did he say? Then I will what? Spew you out of my mouth. So how do you keep yourself fueled and healthy emotionally? Everyone's going through something right now. This, our country has been through a lot this last year and a half. How do you keep yourself fueled? and healthy emotionally, physically, and spiritually, especially during stressful seasons. So over the next several weeks, we're looking at 10 ways to keep yourself fueled and aflame. Last week, we talked about, right, God's grace is sufficient or God's grace is more than enough. So when you feel yourself being drained, you've got to remind yourself God's grace is sufficient for the situation that I'm in. Typically, biblically, God's not going to supernaturally snatch you out of it. He can, but in most cases, he doesn't. He's going to be with you through it so that you can develop more character, more love. Hello, somebody. Learn deeper lessons, right? When he was dealing with the, the four uh, Hebrew boys, right, he, he didn't save them from being cast into the fire. But their attitude was to the king, if we go in there and we die, we're still going to serve the Lord. 
right? The king woke up that next morning. They turned that furnace up 10 times hotter than it normally was. King woke up that morning because he was troubled all night long. He looked down into the fire and he said, hey, we only cast three men in there. But I see a fourth man and he looks like the son of God. I mean, oh, God will be with you in the fire if you'll just trust him all the way through it. And so God's grace is more than enough for whatever you're going through or dealing with right now. Let's read our foundation text in Romans chapter 12, verses 11 through 13, out of the message translation. It says, don't burn out. Notice the message encourages us to keep yourself fueled and aflame. That's where the title comes from. Be alert servants of the masters, cheerfully expected. Don't quit in hard times. One of the keys to not quitting in hard times is you've got to pray more. When things get tougher, you pray more. Help needy Christians. When I'm in a bad situation, there's always someone in a worse situation than I'm in. So instead of saying, why me, why me, why me, who can God use me to help? Then it says, Christians, be inventive in hospitality, creative ways to show people love, care, and concern. Romans chapter 12, 11 through 13, out of the Passion Translation says, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. I don't care what this world, what pandemic comes at this world, never stop serving the Lord. As I said on last week, I thank God for first responders, but they should not be more passionate than the children of God. So be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, right? That'll help keep your passion towards him boiling hot. See, I don't know what happened to me. You stopped serving God. I can't seem to get it back. Well, it's not just going to fall on you and shake you and you all of a sudden, you know, you're going to get it back as you serve God. <laughs> I need a little better amen in here. All right, let's keep going here. Radiant with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you what? Mm -hmm. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Notice serving is going to release excitement and joy in your life. There's something about helping someone else that makes me feel good. There's something about knowing that I made a difference in somebody else's life that, that makes me feel better about my life. Take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them. And eagerly welcome people as guests into your home. Let's pick up with point number two on today. Start and end each day refueling your soul. Now, remember, your soul is your mind, your will, and your what? Emotions. A lot of people are an emotional wreck right now because they don't refuel their souls. Right? I want you to think about it. No one's going to get upset with the car if it stopped and it ran out of gas if you didn't refuel it. Who's going to kick the car and say, stupid car, what's wrong with you? No, you let it run out of gas. But everything in life tells you when you're running on low, right? Let your phone say 10%. You will find an outlet if you're, I don't care what's going on. If your life, you, look, you, where's an outlet? My phone's getting ready to run out because you believe you can't function without it. 
So much so the airport got so tired of dealing with emotionally angry and upset people, they said, put outlets all over this airport. Put stations everywhere. Because we can't deal with these unruly people whose phone has run out of battery. Put it on the plane. Put it at their seat. Put it everywhere they go because they can't live without it. Everything in life tells us when we're on low. The gas tank. Come on, somebody. Everything. How do you know when you're on low? You stop serving. You lose your fire. All kind of red lights should be going off. You're starting to go back and do stuff you used to do. You're starting to act like you used to act. Cussing doesn't bother you anymore. Come on, somebody. All of that should be ding, 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 ding. But we don't treat ourselves the same way we treat our cell phones. I want to thank you all in advance. The level of enthusiasm and excitement in this room right now, I can't bear it. I mean, it is so much excitement in here for the Word of God. It is just blowing my mind. I can feel it just coming all through the airwaves and online. People are like, Pastor, that, <laughs> Pastor, that is good. James chapter 1, let's start. Verses 21, 22, and 25. I'm reading out of the Amplified. Start and end each day refueling your soul. It says, so get rid of all uncleanness. That's sexual sins. And all that remains of wickedness. How I many you know you need to do an inventory of your life every single day? I don't need this in my life. I don't, hello, somebody. Every day, an inventory, right? And with a humble spirit, receive the word of God so now I understand when I do inventory on what's unclean and wicked in my life I need the word of God to defeat that which is implanted actually rooted in your heart which is able to save your souls notice the word of God will address your mind your will and your emotions See, a lot of money is being spent on mental health right now when I promise you the Word of God is more powerful than a psychologist. I'm not telling you you don't need one, but don't get one without the Word of God. You need both. I need a little better amen than that. But I don't want that without the Word of God. You'll give me a lot of information, but it won't save my soul. But prove yourselves. Now we get into the nuts and bolts. But prove yourselves. Don't prove this to your pastor. Don't prove it to God. But prove to yourself you are a doer of the word, actively and continually obeying God's precepts and not merely a listener who hears the word but fails to internalize its meaning, deluding yourselves by unsound reasoning contrary to the truth anytime you start justifying the truth how many of you are probably just a hearer and not a doer of the word because there's no way to do that and want to justify that with all of the blessings that come along with obeying that all right let's keep going look at verse 25 here well let's keep going deluding yourselves verse 25 but the one who looks carefully into the perfect law, the law of liberty, freedom, 
and faithfully abides by it, not having become a careless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys. So the difference between the listener and the doer is one word, obedience. How do I know if I'm a listener or a doer? Obedience. Believe it or not, a lot of people come to church, watch online, and have no intent on ever doing what they heard. They just like coming to church. That light is just, I can't see no responses right now. Right? How do you separate? How do you know that? Well, one will do what they hear. One will only listen. That was good, pastor, but never changed their lives. Pastor, that word blessed me, but keep living the exact same way. But an active doer who obeys, notice the one that obeys, I love this, will be blessed and favored by God and what he does in his life of obedience. Man, let me tell you, if you want to be blessed and favored by God, then just do the word. And I'm telling you, when God's favor is on your life, everything works for you. Everything works out for you. I don't care how crowded the grocery store is, somebody will come out of a parking spot as soon as you feel pull in and you'll get a spot right up near the door. I don't care if you're out shopping, you are on vacation, your size will be the size that is left. They'll have one left in your size that God had them set apart because he knew you would be on vacation. He knew you would like that outfit. Come on, somebody. When God's favor is on you, everybody at the job could get fired. But somehow the boss will say, but it's something different about you. We're going to keep you around, and not only are we going to keep you around, come on, somebody, we're going to give you a promotion and give you more responsibility. It's something about when God's favor is on you, you can actually get fired from the job and end up getting a better job. Come on, somebody. You can have something about when God's favor is on you, that knucklehead can leave you and walk away from you, and you will show up with somebody better than him the next time. Come on, somebody. It's something about when God's favor is on you, you can lose everything and God will get it all right back to you. Come on, I'm preaching better than anybody saying amen. And all I've got to do is do what God said. Come on, that is not fair. My life will be blessed and God's favor will be on my life. Psalms number one. Psalms number one, one through three, the Passion Translation says, what delight comes to those who follow God's ways? They won't walk in step with the wicked. They don't run with people like that. Nor share in the sinner's way. Nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. The scorner is the scoffer. It doesn't take all of that. That's not what God meant by that. God's not going to kill you if we sleep together. Everybody's doing it. See there, when you say that one right there, it just gets... Boy, whenever you say that one right there, it's no, it's like... 
Maybe I need to say it again. <laughs> See, they don't run around with people who scoff at what God said. I want to hang around people who want to do what God said and hold me accountable to do what God said. Come on, somebody. It says, their pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am. See, the word of I am means whatever you need him to be, that's what he'll be for you. Meditating day and night in his true revelation of light. The word meditate means to ponder, to think about, to mutter over and over again. I found a new definition. It literally means to internalize. So I take that word and I try to internalize it into my heart for understanding, to know how does this apply to my life. So he says their pleasure and their passion is remaining true to the word of I am. And when they're true to it, they meditate on it day and night in his true revelation. Watch this. They will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design. Folks, I got news for you. When God plants you somewhere, can't nobody uproot you. Let me try this side of the room. I said when God plants you somewhere, there is not a person alive that can uproot you from where God planted you. Stop worrying about who's trying to get you. Stop worrying about who's after you. Stop worrying about who's uh, talking about you. Because if God is for you, then it, I wouldn't be concerned about who's against me. Come on, somebody. And if God plants you somewhere, you cannot be uprooted. You all want a little bit more of this? They will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design. I like this. Deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss. Bearing fruit in every season of their lives. Doesn't matter if they're uh, single, they bear fruit in that season. Doesn't matter if they get married, they bear fruit in that season. Come on, somebody. They have children, they bear fruit in that season. Don't worry about what it looks like right now. The end result will be the same. Your children will bear fruit for God. Doesn't matter if it's in old age, they will bear fruit for God. Come on, they'll be like a flourishing tree in old age. Come on, you'll never stop flourishing in your season of life because you're a person that meditates on that word day and night. And he's not done there. He says not only will they bear fruit in every season of their lives, but they'll never be dry. They'll never faint. They'll never quit up. And they'll ever, forever be blessed and forever be prosperous. I want to make a confession out of this right now. Say, I am planted. I am planted. Say it from your heart. Say, I am planted. Stronger. stronger. No, I want you to say it stronger. <laughs> but you are you are locking step this morning, boy. I could have said anything right there. Boo! You all went up. Boo! <laughs> say, I am planted, I am planted. By, God's by God's design. I am deeply rooted. By the brooks of bliss, I bear fruit in every season of my life. I never run dry. I never faint. I am forever blessed 
and I am forever prosperous because I meditate on the Word of God day and night. Somebody give God a crazy praise for that right now. Come on online. Give God a crazy praise for that right now. You mean to tell me all I've got to do is meditate the Word day and night? And he's going to plant me somewhere? I'm going to have deep roots? Come on, somebody. I'm going to bear fruit in every season of my life? I'll never get dry? I'll never quit or faint? Come on, I'll forever be blessed? Forever prosperous? Then why don't we do it? But watch this. We plug our phone up day and night. We don't forget to do that one. And forget to plug it up. You'll wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Did I remember to plug my phone? And get out the bed to go check to see if that phone is plugged up. Keep it by the bed. Sleep with it in the bed. Get a long enough cord so it sleeps with me. Think about that for a moment. We give more attention to our phones than we do our souls. Unfortunately. Let's talk about three ways to meditate the Word of God. Because I don't want to assume you know how to do that. Let's talk about three ways to meditate the Word of God. I want to give you this analogy before I talked about it. I, I walked, worked at Ford Motor Company for five years before I came into the ministry full time, and I thought about something. If Henry Ford walked up and handed you a book and said, this book contains every secret I have learned in the automobile industry and in the manufacturing business and in the stock market, and I'm talking about Henry Ford himself, if you read it, if you read it and meditate on, meditate on it each day, it is guaranteed to bring you great success. If you were guaranteed the same success as Henry Ford had, you'd probably do exactly what he said. Is that right? Well, listen to this. This is so much more the Word of God is so much more valuable than anything Henry Ford can tell you. Matter of fact, whether Henry Ford knows it or not, everything he learned, God taught him. However, to maximize the benefits you receive from it, this is what Henry Ford would tell you. You'll need to read it every day, meditate on it day and night so that you could be successful just like I am. Most of us would say that and follow that to the T. Why don't we follow God that way? There's a webinar, seminar coming to Atlanta on how to be a billionaire. We're going to go there and pay however much they ask for. We'll come to church and say all the church wants is my money. You don't think that webinar, that's all they want? You don't think that's all they want? They don't care nothing about you. 
If you smile, I keep going with the message right now. Number one, listen with your spiritual ears. Matthew chapter 13, let's read verses 10 through 15, New King James Version. Listen with your spiritual ears. We're talking about how to meditate the word of God. Jesus said to the disciples, the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? A parable is a natural earthly story to explain a spiritual principle. Jesus answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the revelation and divine secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him, and he's talking about revelation knowledge, things that have been revealed, divine secrets, for whoever has to him more, he will be given. And he will have abundance. But whoever does not have revelation, understanding, right, insight, even what he has will be taken away from him. You ever seen people in, like they used to be on fire for God? And you say what happened to them? Well, believe it or not, they lost all the revelation that they had about God. Everything that had been revealed was lost because they stopped using it. Right? And he's going to give us some more insight into what happens to people. It says here, shall be taken away. Therefore, I speak to them in parables in verse 13, because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear. So they're in church, they see, but, but they don't really see it. They're in church, they hear, but, but they don't really hear it. Nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. Why? Verse 15, for the hearts of this people has grown dull. Well, how do you know a heart that's grown dull? You serve, but you don't come in the worship center. You only serve on the days that you're scheduled. But we won't ever see you in church if you're not scheduled to serve. That light again. Is it, am I the only one that's just, and I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just telling you, this is an indication. See, I don't ever want to be the person that never comes into service. I don't ever want to be that person. I want to be the person that anytime the word is going forth, I want to be sitting front and center and treating God right and the word of God right. Believe it or not, some of the worst offenders I've seen have, are in church every week but never come into service. They do some of the stuff, boy, my God. They'll make up every reason in the world why not to be in the service. I just don't ever want to be that person. I'm not talking about here at Linked Up Church. I'm talking about other churches that I've been a part of. We'll see you the next time you schedule to serve. I love you. You all still glad you came today? See, and I don't hang around people who always have something negative to say about the church, the pastor. Come on, somebody, the word of God. Because what happens is they'll suck you right into their web. And here you didn't even have any issues. 
So the hearts of the people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. And their eyes, notice God didn't do this to them. They did this to themselves. And their eyes, they have closed. And you know, people tell me all the time, well, well pastor, I just don't get anything out of it anymore. So I'm going to go over here. And I just think to myself, until you figure out everything that's wrong over there, and then you'll be the same way that you are here over there. I mean, you know, people are consistent. But I've learned not to pay any attention to any of that. Just keep my heart right. And hang around people like you all who are on fire for God. I just spoke something over your life. You should have reacted the way it was spoken over your life. I just like hanging around people just like you are who stay on fire for God. I like hanging around the people online who just stay on fire for God. So notice the hearts of the people, they've grown dull. Their ears, they've closed them. Their eyes, they've closed them. Lest they should see with their ears, hear with their See with their eyes, hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Now notice God can only heal them when their hearts turn. Right? What's an indication that my heart is turned? I start seeing differently. I start hearing differently. I keep my heart open to the word of God. I want that word implanted into my heart so that I can do it. God said, when you turn, healing's going to come right to you. Everything's going to turn. I'm going to heal your marriage. Come on, somebody. I'm going to heal your single life. I'll heal your finances. Come on, somebody. I'll heal your family. Come on, I'll heal your children. Come on, anything in your life that's not well, I'll heal it when you turn. We're talking about listening with your spiritual eyes or listening with your spiritual ears. Number two, remove all distractions. You ever notice that anytime you sit down to meditate the word, your phone dings, you get a text message, the kids need something, right? You got to discipline yourself and learn how to remove all distractions. Notice what the psalmist said here in Psalm 119, 15 and 16. He said, I set my heart. That word set means to fix. I fix my heart on your precepts and I pay close attention to all your ways. My delight is found in all your laws, and I won't forget to walk in your words. Anytime you sit down to spend time in the Word of God, remove all of the distractions. I've learned how to set my phone over to the side and just put it on a timer for the amount of time that I want to spend with God. Because something's going to come up, right? You're going to want to scroll. Once you look at something, it'll lead you to look to something else. Remove all distractions. You are in the presence of the king. Think about it this way. If you were invited to go see, I don't know how you feel about him, and I'm not endorsing anything one way or the other, but if you were invited to go see the president, I would hope you wouldn't be in there scrolling through your phone while he's talking to you. Don't you think we should treat God a whole lot better than we do any natural king? Remove all distractions. Number three, take it personal. Joshua 1.8, the Amplified says, 
This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. The word depart means to be removed from your mouth. How many know when you stop talking about the word of God, it's an indication that you haven't spent time with the word of God. When it's no longer a part of your conversation, it's an indication that I don't spend time with that. Anytime you, anything you spend time with, you talk about. Right? When you spend time with your spouse, you talk about your spouse. We went here. We did that. Hello. We talked about this. So he says, let the word of God not depart from your mouth, but you shall read and meditate on it. How often? How often? How often? So that you may what? Be careful to what? Do everything in accordance with what is written in it. Then watch this. Then you will make your way prosperous. So if things aren't working for me, go back and see what I'm not doing. <laughs> Let's not blame God. He's not the reason here. Right? Then you'll make your way prosperous. And then watch this. You will have, you will be successful. The King James Version says, then you'll have good success. I mean, if you can have good success, then you can have bad success. Everything that's successful is not good. But when I get it from God, how many of you know, then it's good. Right? Because in the word good is the word God. You remove one of those O's and it says God. You know why? Because God is good. And anytime I meditate the word of God day and night and find out what God says about any situation in my life and I am committed to doing that, I will make my way prosperous and I will have success. I will have good success because I'm doing it God's way. So when you successfully meditate on God's word, you won't just read it, but you'll take it into your heart in a very personal way and try to apply it to your situation. See, when God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added onto me, I start to meditate that, put myself into that. Seek ye first. What does that mean to me? How do I keep God first in my life? What, does that mean church? Let me not miss church. That's all I can remember as a 22-year-old. That's all I can understand from that verse. Let me keep God first and not miss church. Let me make my devotions a priority every single day of my life. Let me, when I wake up, give God the first part of my day and spend time in devotion. Come on, when I get money, let me give God the best of it. Let me give him the first, right? If I want to be in a relationship, let me put God first in a relationship, not me. Right? And that word righteousness means his way of doing and being right. So I just want to do right, and I want to be right. And God said he'll make everything else that I'm looking for just keep adding into my life. Folks, I got revelation for you today. You'll never come in second when you put God first. Somebody ought to type that in the feed right there. I'll never come in second when I put God first. The moment I get resources, I put him first. Come on, somebody. See, single people, I can't, I can't sleep with you because you're not first in my life. God is. 
that light just, every time I get over there, it's like that light just. And, and you got to be comfortable telling people that. If we're going to be in a relationship, that can't be a part of this relationship because God is first. One hand clap. Oh, that's like the last row up there in the rafters, too. She'll tell you, when I first met her, I said, now, let me help you understand who I am so you can decide whether or not you want to continue in this relationship. Boy, what we're not going to do is sleep together. Oh, I'm about to stoke a little fire in here. Real men serve God. That light again. I said, real men serve God. Do we have any real men in this place today? I said, real men serve God. And they keep God first. She's sitting right there. You can look at her. I know every time I say something, every head in here goes. But I also told her there would be no tongue kissing. Because I knew me. I knew once I put that tongue on her, boy, it was all over. That light getting me again. Come on, somebody. Come on, Dorian. You know what I'm talking about. It's okay to say amen. Once, one, one, I knew once the tongue was involved, it's over. Because no time in my life did I ever kiss with the tongue without using my hands. I mean, once that tongue, the hands just follow. And then before you know it, how many know you over into something you can't get yourself out of? See, then I started meditating, 1 Corinthians 6, chapter 18. 1 Corinthians, let's talk about meditation, right? Flee fornication. You know what flee means? Run. You can't get yourself in trouble if you're not in the environment. Brother was telling me in the gym, man, I just, these strip clubs, these strip clubs in Atlanta are like no other strip club. That's where, man, I'm just, I'm trying to save money. I just can't. I said, let me help you out, brother. You can't give money to the strippers if you're not in the strip club. It ain't that deep. You know, in Atlanta, they don't call them strippers. Scrippers. And I'm not putting anybody down or anything like that. I'm just telling you, in this gentleman's case, that's what he's trying to get stopped doing. Well, the only way you can stop doing that is to stay out of this. See, this doesn't make sense. I'm helping somebody right now. I don't want to give all my money to the strip club while I go get in my car, put it in drive. Come on, somebody. I'm driving all the way. I don't want to give all my money to the strip club. While I pull up at the strip club, I don't want to give all my money at the strip club. While I get out of my car, walk to the door at the strip club. Come on, somebody. Then they're going to let you in for free, right, as long as you buy some alcohol. Because they know once they get that alcohol in your system, you're going to make it rain. Watch this. I'm going to show you how this movie goes. Then you're going to leave the strip club. Man, I can't. I just keep giving all my money to the strip club. I ain't never going back to the strip club again until I get paid next Friday. 
Folks, if you already know you have a challenge with something, run as far away from it as you possibly can. I knew the only way I could still make it to the holy place holy was to not put myself in that situation. She didn't even see our bedroom till we came back from the honeymoon. Can I just be 100% honest with you? If I'd have took her in there, I would have did that. I'm saved. I would have did it. If I'd have started kissing like that, I would have carried through with that. It's really hard to pull yourself back once everything is going. So you just say, 1 John 1, 9. But if you really want to get there, you won't put yourself in that situation. Say, well, Pastor, how did you never cheated on your wife after 24 years of marriage? I don't put myself in that situation. I promise you, people are watching this online, share with whoever you want to share with. You won't find a female anywhere that will tell you I behaved inappropriately with her anywhere that I did anything, said anything to dishonor my marriage. Share. Do whatever you want to do with it. And it's not that I'm special, folks. I just don't put myself in that situation. Can I just be 100% real with you? There's a whole lot out there that we see. Right? But you just got to be smarter than that. I want to destroy everything in my life over what? This is going to help the fellas out here. This is about as raw as you can be. Somebody say, say it, Pastor. Every married man needs to hear this. If you flip them upside down, they all look the same. You ain't getting ready to get nothing somewhere else that you don't already have at home. Just go ahead and dress up what you have at home. Come on, somebody. And make it everything you want it to be. And you're going to find that cookie can satisfy you every time. When you're not eating a variety of cookies. And let the church say. Yeah. I said, and let the church say. Yeah. Somebody give God a real good praise in this place. At yeah, some point, some point, your crazy butt gotta grow up and stop being stupid. You ain't getting nothing, nothing over there, but something that's gonna destroy your life. And I think about that before I do something stupid. I'm like, she look good, but she going to destroy my life. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Let me go ahead and stop. Number three, this is point number three. Sit and stick to a routine. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, the Amplifier. For somebody, that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life. That, that, honestly, that's what helps me just manage. I know it is nothing different over there than what I have at home. 
I don't know why I came back to that, but so that's helping somebody right now. That's helping you, my brother. That's helping you. I know that's helping you. Nothing different. Her too? That's the her too. Yeah, ain't that? I let you have to say that. I can't get into that. You need to be up here with me preaching, preaching that side of it. I ain't talking about no dudes. I mean, that's a violation of man law right there. Come on, fellas. Throw the flag. I ain't talking about no dudes. We don't do that. Not at Linked Up Church. Not that kind of church. Hello, somebody. Real men go to Linked Up Church. Real men that love God. Come on, somebody. Single men that, that keep themselves holy. See how it went down? You see that? Did you all see that? Married men that stay devoted to their wives. Real women of God that keep their bodies holy. Oh. Oh. I'm talking about devoted wives who keep themselves devoted in their marriage. We need to get back to that, folks. The world doesn't think that's real anymore. Set and stick to a routine. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, the Amplified says, Therefore, see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as the wise. So the unwise are those that tolerate and enable evil. But as the wise, those that are sensible, intelligent, and discerning people, wise people make the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. See, predictability is an important stress reducer, especially when everything is changing in your life a routine will give you stability, right? It'll help you refuel your tank. Putting together, putting together a new routine when you're going through a difficult season may take some creativity, but it will be worth it. Folks, you've got to learn to take control of your days and stop letting your days take control of you. You've got to tell your days what's happening and not let your days tell you what's happening. And there's something about meditating day and night that when I spend time in the Word, I set my day up, right? And when I meditate at night, I get to plan my next day. One of the greatest things you can do as soon as you wake up in the morning is make up the bed. That is one of the first successes of the day. It is something about getting up and making up that bed that makes you feel productive. Come on, there's something about going over to the counter and taking a shower and cleaning yourself up and then cleaning the counter off, wiping it down, putting stuff back where it belongs, putting the toothbrush back where it belongs, putting the toothpaste back where it belongs that says that I am setting myself up for success today. I want to be productive today. Today is going to be one of the best days of my life. And then get out of that bed and go do some kind of exercise. Get your oxygen flowing. Get your brain going. Come on, somebody. You love yourself enough to take care of yourself. 
and then sit down and think about what am I going to eat? What am I going to put in my body? Because garbage in means garbage out. I need to put fuel in my body that's going to give me energy for the day. Then I need to sit down and think about everything that I'm going to do today. A routine. Every day, successful people do the same thing. Keep your car clean. There's something about that that says I'm successful, I'm productive. I care. This car is valuable. I'm a steward over what God has blessed me with. When you get in your car, it says everything about you. When you go in your bedroom, it says everything about who you are and what you want to be in life. If you want to be something different, then you've got to do something different. You can't get, get, keep getting up the same way you've been getting up for the last five years and expecting to see something different in your life. That's insanity when you think you're going to get different results doing the exact same thing. Switch it up. Change up your routine. Come on, meditate on the Word in the morning. Clean your bedroom up. Make your bed. It's even something about when you come back at the end of the day and you walk in your room and you see that bed made up that says, I am productive. I am serious about life. And I thank my wife for that because she is such a stickler for that. It is so dishonorable and disrespectful to her if I don't make that bed up. If I'm the last one to get out of the bed, then that bed needs to be made up. Folks, she is not being a nagging wife. She's being an excellent wife who wants things done the right way. She wants things done in order. In our kitchen, you cannot eat food and not put your dishes up. You cannot eat food and not clean up after yourself. You can't leave drawers just hanging out. You can't leave your drawers on the floor. You got to pick them up and put them in the hamper. Why? Because all of that says I am productive. I am thinking about being successful. I've got order on my mind. Come on, somebody. I'm establishing a routine that creates success in my life. You ought to know what Monday looks like. You shouldn't wake up on Monday, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where I'm going to go. Then read a book. Then if you don't have a job, then look for a job for eight hours like you have one. Come on, somebody. Stop making excuses for yourself. Get a routine in your life. The reality is, folks, prayer on Saturday is a part of my routine. 99.9% of the time, Unless I'm on vacation, I'm here. Why? I schedule everything else around it. Personal prayer is important to me, but corporate prayer is equally as important. I'm not going to tell you all that being in a connect group is important and I'm not in one myself. Fellowship with other believers is important. not going to tell you to be on a dream team and I don't serve. Get your routine together. How many days a week do you want to work out? Set your routine when you leave here today and don't change it. Don't let nobody get you off of it. I don't care what comes into your life. This is my workout time. This is my quiet time. This is my devotion time. Come on, my administrator is sitting right there. When that door is closed, don't bother me. It's not personal. Don't bother me. If you hear music, don't bother me. I'm with the king. 
My wife don't have, she doesn't have to ask where am I at. I do the same thing every week. I'm easy to find. There's no guesswork involved. See, when you get out of pocket, you break your routine and nobody knows where you're at. Usually there's not something good associated with that. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Some of us, that's the major problem. We have no order to our lives. We just getting up and whatever happens, happens. Take control of your day. You're not dating anybody. Get up and look good for you. Feel good about yourself. Take pride in your appearance. Don't ever leave the house just looking like anything. Present yourself well everywhere you go. Because you never know who you might meet on that day. Come on, somebody. God will surprise you. Come on, somebody. But see, you didn't get up expecting nothing and one braid sticking out this way. Come on, somebody. No, every day, present yourself well. If you're going to the gym, present yourself well. Don't dress for where you're at. Dress for where you're going. I got to close, but ne never forget this. You will ne your feet will never take you where your mind has not gone first. You think poor, you will live poor. See, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The last one is limit media con consumption, and I'm just going to stop right here. We'll pick that up on next week. Y'all get anything out of this on today? I don't even want to rush that one. But I can pretty much promise every person in this, promise you, every person in this room spends more time on social media than they do in the Word of God. Not everybody, most. I got off social media earlier this year. I haven't been back on. I'm having one of the most productive years of my life. I'm looking as good and feeling as good as I've ever felt in my entire life. I got more energy. I'm more focused. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to talk about that. There's something wrong with us when, when just... You drive by a car today and this is what you'll see. They stop at a light. I'm done. You all can moose out right now. I'm finished for the day. Let's all stand to our feet. We'll pick up with point number four all next week. Let's lift our hands to the Father. Let's begin to worship him today. What did we learn today? Well, it's important for us to meditate the Word of God, right? To start and end each day refueling our souls. That's a good goal for you. 
Set your schedule that the first thing you do is you're going to spend time in the Word of God. When your feet hit the ground, you're going to get up and spend time with the King. Refuel your soul, not social media. Listen with your spiritual ears when you do that. Remove all distractions when you do that and take it personal. This is not for somebody else. God is speaking to me. Don't read the Bible like a history book. Read it like a personal letter that God is writing to you. We talked about setting and sticking to a routine. Plan out your quiet time. Plan out your meals. Plan out your workout time. Plan out time with your spouse. Plan out time with your children. Know what your week is going to look like. Stop just letting days and weeks happen. Take control of your life and take control of your days. And a big way to do that, we'll get to point number four next week. Got to limit this social media. We have allowed that to come in and take over our lives. It's one of the biggest distractions of the body of Christ today. Lift your hands to the Father. I know he's speaking to your heart right now. I know he's loving on you right now. I know the Holy Spirit is ministering to you. So much of you was in that word today, right? If you're online today, don't just come on the days that you serve. Come on the days that you don't serve just so that you could worship God and sit out in the presence of God and get in the word of God. Never stop serving. Never. I don't care what happens. That's why we didn't stop. Because the commander-in-chief didn't tell us to. Never stop serving. Hallelujah. If you're in this building today, don't become a person that nobody ever sees you in the service. Don't let your heart become dull of hearing. Don't close your eyes and close your ears. Don't harden your heart. Sit down. Listen to the word of God. Let that word penetrate your heart. Be a good example if you're a leader. Let the people who follow you see your love for God and the word of God. Hallelujah. So important. Now, while you're in that attitude of worship today, I know the spirit of God is dealing with hearts all around this room and even online. One of the first things he'll deal with you about is your relationship with him. It's one of the first things the Spirit of God will always deal with you about. He'll convict your heart not for condemnation, but for relationship purposes. Because he wants to have a relationship with you. He loves you so much. So if you're here today or you're watching online and you don't have a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, I want to pray with and for you today. Secondarily, I want to invite you, if you have a relationship with God, but you've just gotten away, you've been distracted. A lot of what you heard today describes you. And you're saying, Pastor, I'm going to start my routine today by giving my life back to Christ, by rededicating my life to God, by getting back serious with God. If that's you, I want to pray with and for you today. My final invitation online and in the room. Maybe you don't have a church home. That's a good routine to have is to be a part of a church and under leadership and submit it to authority. Faithful somewhere, serving somewhere. That's a good routine to have. If you don't have a church home and the Spirit of God has confirmed on the inside of you that this is where he wants you planted. My wife and I and this staff will be so happy to receive you. We'll pray for you every single day of our lives. And every time you come in this building, we'll make sure that you get the word of God and the word of God only. So now, 
while every head is bowed, every eye is closed in prayer online and in the room, if you want to give your life to Christ, if you want to give your life to God, I want to pray with you. If you want to come back to Christ, if you want to come back to God, rededicate your life, I want to pray for you, with and for you. If you don't have a church home, but the Spirit of God has confirmed that this is where He wants you planted, this is where He wants you to join, I want to pray with and for you today. But I want you to listen very carefully online and in the room. I'll only know that you desire my prayer by the lifting up of your hand. So right where you're at right now, if you want prayer on any one of those three invitations, would you shoot your hand up in the air right now? Just lift it up, keep it up as high as you possibly can. God bless you, young man. God bless you, young lady. Praise God. God bless you, young lady. God bless you, young lady. God bless you, young man. God bless you up in the risers. Thank you for your obedience today. God bless you. I see that hand right there. Online, if you have your hand lifted up right now, I'm going to pray for you also. Just continue to follow along. If you have your hand raised right now, or you didn't raise your hand, but in your heart you know you should have. I want you to do me one more favor. I want you to gather up all of your personal belongings. Come meet me right down here at the front. Linked Up Church, give them a big round of applause as they come. Come on down now in Jesus' name. I know this is not everyone. God loves you so much. If you knew how much God loved you, you would make this decision so fast. Sometimes we're more concerned about what other people think about us than what God thinks about us. Who is that I'm waiting on right now? There's someone else. You're supposed to be down here right now. You're not saved. You know your life is not right with God. You want to get that right? Praise God. Come on down. I know her. She's not coming. Who else is that? Who else is that? Okay, there we go. Come on, Linked Up Church. Slide this down this way a little bit. Who else is that? There's a male in here that I'm waiting on. There's a young man that I'm waiting on. Come on, man. Come on. I started at 22. Best decision, best gift I gave to myself was to be a, a man of God and to fear God. Who is that where I'm waiting on right now? There's a young man in here right now. Come on down. You want to give your life to God. You want to get back right with God. Come on down right now. Come on. You're going to see this church explode, man. Give God glory like you've never seen before. Who is that? Come on. Come on. Who is that? Come on, young fella. Come on. There's a male in here right now. Come on. Come on. I know you think what you're thinking right now, I'll actually tell you what you're thinking. You're saying, I've got time to get this together. Let me just go get some other stuff right, get this stuff lined up, then I know I need to do this. Never put off to tomorrow what you know God is convicting you about today. Something about today's obedience 
that being's a blessing today. Who was that? Come on, I got to let this service go. There's a male in here. Come on, just take the first step. It's a young male, too. You're actually a young lion. You're a leader. Who is that? Who is that? Don't be afraid. Anytime the Spirit of God has me do that, I'm telling you, I, only He can draw me like that. That's why my eyes fixed right on you. It's your call, though. It's your call. It's your call. like that you don't you don't understand when somebody's been praying for someone and believe in God for a day like today don't ever judge that kind of reaction my grandmother was the exact same way when I told her I gave my life to God hallelujah hallelujah I don't know what her role is in his life but young man, same exact thing happened to me. I was 22 years old in a service. Pastor Reginald Lane fixed his eyes on me. And he said to me, you're a leader, but you've been leading people the wrong way. God brought you here today because now he's going to teach you how to be a fisher of men. I don't know what that means to you, but, but I received that. I never missed church from that point. Found myself in Bible school. Here I am today. Same exact scenario. All these people were in the room. He fixed his eyes right on me. Something's going to come on you from today forward. You're going to know it's a difference about yourself. Everyone up here, lift one hand towards heaven because that's where your help comes from. If you're watching online right now and you're giving your life to Christ, you're coming back to Christ. I want you to pray this prayer with me right now along with these people. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now as a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart. I am right now born again and in right standing with God. 
and all my sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. Linked Up Church, give them another big round of applause. If you all would, everyone down here, see that young lady? Just follow her right now. We won't keep you long. Come on, give them a big round of applause as they go. Hey, big fella, big fella, big fella. I'm proud of you, boy. Proud of you. Online, if you prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart, I want you to take your next step right now and don't be afraid to do it. If you want to give your life to Christ or you just did, you came back to Christ, or you want to join Linked Up Church, text Get Connected to the number that is on the screen right now. Take your next step. Heaven is going to rejoice. You're going to make God's heart so good if you'll now follow up on the decision that you made by texting get connected to the number that is on your screen if all you can do right now is type in i prayed that prayer from my heart let us know our media team ministers they'll see that and follow up with you accordingly god bless you thank you for making one of the best decisions of your life you all can be seated in the room i am privileged to announce it is tithes and offering time it is blessing time. I said I am privileged to announce it is tithes and offering time. It is blessing time. A couple of things I want to go over with you all. We've got Serve Month coming up on next month. And of course, we give our members, if you're watching online or in the room, we give you three ways to serve in the month of July. Of course, you can pray, and everyone should be doing that, right? But you can also go. So you're going to see serve projects coming up in the month of July where you can actually go out and help people that are less fortunate than you are. And then there are others that you can't go, but you can give. And so this year, what we've decided to do, we're going to support the Sweetwater Mission Program. It was founded in uh, 1968 with a mission to prevent uh, hunger and homelessness. We've learned that one in eight children in Cobb County face food insecurity, and one in seven children in Georgia face food insecurity. So the summer meal program, which is from May through September, provides healthy meals when school is out. Fresh fruits and vegetables, fresh and frozen meats, milk, juice, fruit, and kids' favorites uh, such as applesauce, macaroni and cheese, and peanut butter and jelly. The cost for this is $50 per child, uh, and this year we want to feed 200 children. So the total goal for that one project is $10,000. And then we also, for the Ron Anderson Recreational Center, they provide a safe and fun environment right here in the city of Powder Springs uh, for kids to participate.